0: You don't need special gadgets to be a hero. With unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere, the Capital One Quicksilver card makes you the hero of every purchase. Whether it's headphones, a lounge chair, or even a well-deserved massage. Whatever the Quicksilver purchase, you're the hero. No fighting bad guys, getting in epic car chases, or parachuting out of buildings required. Simple, isn't it? The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Toyota, let's go places.
1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio.
2: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and Jerry's hanging out, too, and that's making this uh, Stuff You Should Know episode.
0: (laughs) So welcome, everyone,
2: and welcome back, Chuck.
0: Yeah, welcome back, Josh. Welcome back, Jerry. This is... Mm -hmm. uh, this feels weirder than ever before, I think. Well, we should explain. We're recording our first our first episodes of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels even weirder to ramp back up because we had such a long, great break. I grew a beard. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I just saw you in person. Uh, That's true. But I uh, almost felt, uh, not nervous, but I was like, do I remember how to do this? Oh, of course you do. I guess we're how doing it. How are you it. feeling right now? A little shaky? Yeah, I mean, we're doing it, so I guess
2: this is how we do it. This is how we do it. Also, Chuck, <laughs> Yeah, you're doing great, by the way. Um, we uh, have a big announcement to make. We want to bring everybody up to speed. We hit the $1 million mark. Oh, yeah. Uh, we being Stuff You Should Know listeners, mm-hmm. and um, we hit it a little bit after the turn of the new year, right?
0: That's right. For our, uh, our friends at Co-Ed, there, the Cooperative for Education that does such great work helping to break the cycle of poverty in Guatemala. And I know we sort of beat you over the head with it at the end, but we really wanted to get the Stuff You Should Know Army over a million bucks because that's a that's a big number, and we did it. Yeah, yeah, we did it. So congratulations to everyone in Stuff You
2: Should Know land, and a special thanks to everybody who uh, opened up their hearts and their wallets and contributed to all those people in Guatemala, all the kids. Totally. All right, just wanted to let everybody know, and sorry for keeping you in suspense. I know this is gonna come out in like <laughs> late January, but yeah, them's the breaks, everybody,
0: yeah, and our big, beautiful stash of episodes that we recorded to take that long break are mm-hmm. almost gone.
2: they've dwindled like yeah. a like a Yule log <laughs> burned down
0: after the new year, yeah, it's kind of what it feels like it just seeing that shrink is uh exhilarating and sad
2: it is i've I've missed um. You know, being kind of up to date when people uh, send in a listener mail. I'm not mm-hmm. like, what? what episode does that? Because we're, you know, a couple weeks out. We're like right there on the edge like Al Pacino and heat. <laughs> right.
0: I know, but I was getting episodes. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot we recorded that one, you know, six weeks yeah. ago. Pleasantly surprised.
2: So, yeah, we're back
0: <clears throat> in full form again,
2: I guess is the point of what we've been talking about for the last three minutes.
0: That's right. I'm ready to go. I'm feeling totally normal now. Not weird at all.
2: So I'd like to talk about something that's not weird at all, and that would be toast. Yeah. Who doesn't love toast? <laughs> I genuinely don't know. I've, I've never met anybody who was like, I hate toast. Maybe it's like I don't like toast a certain way, uh-huh. but I've never met anybody who just generally didn't like toast. And I'm sure they're out there. If you are, go ahead and write in. Let us know why you don't like toast. But I've never met an individual who didn't like toast.
0: Well, I think we should clarify If you like bread, then you probably like toast. Okay. I think they're non-bread eaters and likers, but if you like the bread part, surely Mm -hmm. you like it and it's, well, griddled is pretty great too, but uh, toast, I would argue, is its best form.
2: Yeah, and I guess we are talking about a specific way of heating and crisping bread. I think people actually get that pedantic about when actually does bread become toast in the toasting process, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go down that road. We're going to keep this fun and light and talk about toast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is my pick, and Livia helped us out with it. And uh, here's my deal is I don't – I hardly ever eat toast because it's just – especially when you're carrying a few pounds uh, extra around your middle, it's not like you jump up and say, let's throw a few slices of bread in the oven. Mm-hmm. And and butter and start our day that way. Uh toast mm-hmm. is a is a treat for me, a semi rare treat when I'm maybe out to breakfast uh or recording an episode on toast, because after studying this morning I was like, I gotta go eat a piece of toast. I have to. You know what's
2: weird is I finally got to that point. I was telling Yumi last night. I was like, it's so weird. I've been researching toast all day mm-hmm. and I don't have a hankering for oh. toast and it finally got me this morning. You, you had I was some? I started No, not yet. Okay. I started looking up all we have are tortillas in the house. I'm like, you can't make toast out of this. <laughs> but I so I started looking up the best white bread and I found a serious eats. I think or no, eat this not that. Uh-huh. Um uh, basically taste test and they said that it was a type of pepperage farms, uh-huh. but they said it, it's it's pretty good. It makes better toast, but they said the overall better bread was uh, nature's own uh, perfect white bread, I believe is what it's called. So I'm going to get me some of that and make some
0: toast soon. That's a pretty bold name, uh, perfect white
2: yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. What it's called. Yeah, I have. Hold on, I have
0: it written down. I made a draft <laughs> in my email
2: folder, so I didn't forget it. Okay. Let me tell you, Chuck. It is Nature's Own, perfectly crafted white bread. Okay. Okay. Yeah, perfect white. That has some bad
0: insinuations, I think.
2: Right. Perfectly crafted. Their their marketing team is like whoa, 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 whoa.
0: Uh, so here's what I did, uh, and I want to shout out a listener. I used the. Uh, we have had some oat nut wheat bread. Uh, in the in the old pantry. So I threw okay. that in a toaster oven, mm-hmm. a Breville toaster oven, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about the different kinds of toasters. We honestly just don't have counter space. We don't have a huge kitchen, so we don't have enough room for the beautiful uh, Superior stand-up toaster. Mm-hmm. A- and then I used the Butterbell, and this is from Amanda, who just wrote in, Amanda Plachal wrote in like last week that said, hey, you got to use a Butterbell uh, crock. Do you know Mm -hmm. what those are? Yeah, we had one and the butter kept growing mold. Are you changing your water every three days? Yeah. Really?
2: I'm taking it like a shot, a little buttery water shot. Huh.
0: All right. Well, that's weird. Mine hasn't molded yet. Uh, So I use that, which keeps uh, the butter nice and soft and spreadable. Mm-hmm. And then I, on a whim, took a little, and I, I go for sort of a medium dark. I like it. I don't like it. Oh, a, really? Yeah, not a really light toast, but not dark, dark either. But I really love that sound when you're spreading it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I put some uh, cloister cinnamon honey, like the spun spreadable honey on there. Okay. And it was
3: so good. So oh, you just water and
2: honey. Butter butter and honey. Yeah, but it
0: could have been just butter or just, I mean, there's a lot of things I can put on toast and enjoy it.
2: I like butter and jam for toast. Yeah, I like jam too. if I do honey, I need to
0: do peanut butter.
2: I'm not crazy about the butter and honey combination, although I do love a good honey butter, but that's not the same thing (laughs) as butter and honey. And I just Uh don't. I don't know why. They sound like they'd be spectacular together, but they just don't hit me quite right. Kind of like bourbon and grapefruit juice. Sounds like it'd be great. It's actually Mm. kind of awful.
0: Yeah, I don't think that sounds great, though. Okay. All right. Should we talk about butter or uh, toast? (laughs) Is that what we're talking about today? (laughs) We should do one on butter, though. That's a good idea. Sure. That's a great
2: idea. So um, we should probably start with the history because we don't exactly know who started making toast, but... Um, most people chalk it up to the ancient Egyptians. They think the Greeks or the Romans stole it from the Egyptians and, um, kind of made a big deal out of it. Actually, named the stuff we call toast toast because, um, in uh, I guess ancient Roman, yeah, Latin, no, Latin, <laughs> it's the new year, yeah, toastum <laughs> is uh, is Latin for scorched, so. That's kind of where we get the word toast from. So that's where toast kind of first appears. But they're basically saying, like, and Livia helped us out with this, that um, as long as people have been making bread, they probably very quickly after that started making toast.
0: Yeah, and that's toastum as in T-O-S-T-U-M. It's not T-O-A-S-T apostrophe M. Right. Because that's probably some highly manufactured food product. Probably. It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. There was fire. There was sort of stalish bread, probably. And they said, hey, we can uh, – the air fryer's not around yet. The, right. We can revive this sort of stale thing by putting a little brown on it. <laughs> Meaning toasting it. Sure. Oh. Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, were you going dirty? Yeah, I was. Okay. So, really um, – I guess the in medieval times, they were kind of like, okay, we'll see what we can do with this toast. And um, that's where cinnamon toast comes from, the, the 15th century. There was something called golden sops, which mm. was kind of a predecessor to French toast. Um, and that came around in the 13th century. I think it was associated with the alchemists because it was supposed to be associated with gold, which was attributed to, to immortal life. Yeah. That sounds really alchemist to me.
0: Yeah, and um, I think that's just like dipping toast in egg yolk, right? Yes. And eating I it. I believe so. Not like frying no, I, it. No,
2: you fry it up or, or cook it in some way.
0: Oh, I thought you would just eat the toast and dip it in that yolk and eat it. I don't think so. I think you dip the bread in the yolk and then cook it. Okay, all right. Well, kind of like fr- French toast. That is French toast.
2: But none of that matters. It does not matter from the time of ancient Egypt through to the 15th century because nothing important happened until, I believe, um, the the people, the great people of Naples, Italy, uh, invented cinnamon toast.
0: Yeah. And this is straight up cinnamon toast. Uh, They toasted the bread over fire, and we'll get to the implements they used to do that. Uh, And they would put butter on it. They would put cinnamon and sugar on it. Uh,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But this sounds so key and delicious. Uh, it says here that they would add a creamy cheese, and then cook it some more.
2: Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, does that mean cream cheese? Because that can know. be kind
0: of good. It sounds delicious to me.
2: It does sound pretty good. Um, but regardless, I, I think cinnamon toast is one of the pinnacles of human cookery.
0: Oh yeah, agreed. Have you ever had have you ever had Welsh rarebit? No, uh, and I want to try it now, but. And and I know I've looked it up before and realized it's not what I thought, but I always thought it was a rabbity meat dish and just always avoided it.
2: No, well, the legend goes that the um, poor Welsh peasants called it Welsh rabbit Uh, because they they used the cheese instead of meat because cheese was cheaper and easier to get than rabbit meat was. I also heard that that was kind of a derogatory or scornful thing, like to the Welsh, this is what rabbit is, you know, this cheese substitute. But it's a cheesy, really delicious cheesy sauce that includes beer, Mm-hmm. And worse to sure. Okay. And then you put that over toast. And I can't remember. There might be some other component to it. Yeah, I had it at this restaurant in DC. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of it, but it's where um, JFK proposed to Jackie O. Oh. Uh, so I'm sure nice. there's some DC people who know. But they had Welsh rarebit. And I was like, I got to try this. And it was really good.
0: I'm going to try it. And it's, again, it's nothing to be scared of. And I didn't feel as dumb knowing that it originally like may have had rabbit, and they used cheese instead. Yeah. Because it felt like a dummy, because like, it doesn't even say rabbit.
2: Right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a bastardization of it. It's like, um, instead of rabbit, it's like R-A-B-B apostrophe I-T. <laughs> uh,
0: things really cooked up, though, in a big way, no pun intended, in uh, the Victorian era in Britain when they went wild for toast. Uh, it, all kinds of great recipes. Uh, we're going to highlight a few of them here that Livia dug up, including uh, bone marrow toast. Uh, I have kind of turned on bone marrow. I was enjoying it for a little while, but the last time I had it, I didn't really like it, and it kind of grossed me out.
2: Oh, yeah, I could see that. If you stop and think about it, it, it can gross you <laughs> out pretty easy.
0: Yeah, so I think I'm off of it now. Or maybe just a tiny bit goes a long way for me, I think. Yeah, uh, not too much marrow. So the marrow toast was from uh, a book in 1867 from Charles uh, Elm uh, Frencatelli, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was in Queen Victoria's kitchen and said the queen ate this basically every night for dinner. Uh, and that was kind of a fun line. And it's fun reading these old recipes always. Uh, one of them says that... Uh, you should get the butcher to break the bones, as this is a rather awkward affair for ladies, right? I guess to to break those bones, not very ladylike. I mean,
2: it's it's an awkward affair for anybody, really.
0: And what's the other funny line in that recipe?
2: Um, that it should have just a mere suspicion of shallot. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a strange way to put it, but I like that guy's writing.
0: Well, you say so, a hint of something, so that makes sense.
2: Right. A mere suspicion. I've never heard anything like it in yeah, my life. Yeah, I haven't either. So there was another cookbook in Victorian England called The Book of Household Management by <laughs> Isabella Beaton. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone referred to her as Mrs. Beaton. Probably. And she um, came up with a couple good ones, a good co- a couple good contributions. One is the toast sandwich, and it's exactly what it sounds like.
0: Yeah, it's like the Blues Brothers' wish sandwich. Do you remember that? No, huh? Where you had two slices of bread and you wish you had some meat? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. Is it was a, a meat substitute. You take two pieces of bread, and your meat was a piece of toast. Yeah,
2: and like the bread would be buttered. And everybody, uh-huh. calmed down. Sure, but it was just dry toast in the middle. That was the substance of the sandwich.
0: Like a big, and mac. people
2: would eat them. It's yeah. it, kind of yeah, I guess a little bit, but without the meat, without the dressing, sure, uh, without the <laughs> sesame seed bun, without the
0: lettuce, uh, without any of that. I'm surprised you didn't say it like the old uh, commercial.
2: I can't remember. I've got the BK jingle in my head, and it's not it's not jibing. I think it was two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce cheese, pickles onion on a sesame seed bun. Yeah,
0: there you go. and you two octaves.:
2: it. I've got um have it your way. Uh. Have it your way <laughs> in my head, all the time, not just right now, by the way.
0: What did that mean? Was Burger King known for like saying you can get a special type of hamburger and not, yeah, get you know spit on?
2: It was um, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, yeah. special orders, don't upset us. Did they upset- All we
0: want is that you let us, have it your way. I don't remember going to McDonald's, though, and them being upset when I said no pickles or whatever.
2: Oh, man, they were well known for their people just going into a rage right. if you asked them <laughs> to hold anything. Like, you knew better in the 80s than to open your mouth at McDonald's aside right. from ordering directly off the menu. Hold this, buddy. <laughs>
0: right. uh, this recipe is pretty fun. Toast water? Mm-hmm. I think if you t- gave people a test and said, guess three guesses on what toast water would be, <laughs> they probably wouldn't guess what toast water is, even though it's exactly what it sounds like. Which I is, think the mind repels <laughs> it thinking of it, you know? No, it's just making toast, pouring boiling water over the toast. Uh, and that's not the, the, the meal. It's not like milk toast, which we'll get to in a second. You just let it get cold and then you strain out that toast and have toast flavored water.
2: Like kind of, uh, as Livia puts it, a toast-based iced tea. I kind of want to try this. I don't. I don't want to try it at all. I'm going to try it. I think it sounds really awful. But (laughs) let me know how it is. I'm totally going to try this. Okay. Seriously, dude, let let me know how it is. I will. So you mentioned milk toast. We can't Mm -hmm. not mention milk toast. Not to be confused with milk steak. This is milk toast. (laughs) And although it was a rage in like the 19th century, they think it was actually invented in New England. And it was basically toast- With warm milk and then something like cinnamon, sugar, maple syrup, something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, It could be eaten as a breakfast. It was frequently given to people on their sick beds. Um, It was just comfort food, early comfort food. Um, And it actually gave us um, a comic strip character's name, Casper Milk Toast. Right. And I looked up Casper Milk Toast. I've, I've heard of him plenty of times, but I never actually saw a Casper Milk Toast comic strip. And it was like looking
0: into a mirror. I actually didn't look it up. I'm doing so right now. This guy, uh, life is just like so him. hard for this guy
2: because, no, no, no. His, his, like the things that, the way he sees the world is oh, like oh. looking into a mirror. <laughs> Everything's so hard and difficult and everybody just wants to beat him up. Oh. And it's just, I was like, wow, I got oh, more than no. a little strain of Casper milk toast in me. It's worth would, looking up for sure.
0: Like a tear in your eye. Uh, so milk toast is, um, I had kind of had a vision for it as like toast floating in like a thin plate of milk. And it turns out there's kind of all kinds of ways. I've seen it, uh, recipes where it's toast with like a milky cream that you kind of drizzle over it. But then I've seen it also like as if you just chop up toast and eat it like a bowl of cereal.
2: Yeah. I don't think there's any specific rules on eating milk toast. I'm going to try that too. I would try that for sure. Okay, it sounds pretty good. Um, one thing I came across, Chuck, that it just kept popping up is apparently toast back in this time was was way thinner. I saw it cut; it should be cut to about a quarter inch, which oh, is wow. really thin toast. Yeah, almost appallingly thin. It's almost toast. a melba.
0: So,
2: yeah, it is very much melba-like. I think maybe twice as wide as as your standard melba toast, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's still pretty thin. It it would be brittle really fast, if you ask me. Totally.
0: Should we take a break? We should. Did you forget that part? I did. All right. We'll be right back, everybody.
3: Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O.
2: Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13+, Plus,
0: where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. That's right. You can unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, the most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must have electronics and accessories.
2: And when you shop online at Dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to state of the art technology to match your forward thinking spirit and free shipping on everything.
0: That's right. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at Dell.com slash deals. That's D E L L.com slash deals.
4: Let's go places.
2: So this is going so, so far. So, so, so so far? (laughs) Yeah. It's harder to say (laughs) than it sounds. You got to practice in your head right before you said it. I did not.
0: Uh, By the way, I really love—I didn't want it to go unmentioned that I really— Doug uh, your uh, milksteak ref. So oh, you, you slid it in there so quickly that I didn't want to get because sometimes we'll do that and we'll get letters like, I can't believe Chuck didn't laugh when he said milkstake. <laughs> yeah. Uh boiled over hard. <laughs>
2: uh oh, okay. There's one other thing we gotta talk about. And that is means of creating toast from bread.
0: Yeah, these are the implements that I that I mentioned, which it's funny. A lot of these implements look – basically are just like modern camping implements. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of little camping toasty things, including telescoping, uh, which was invented, it looks like, in the Victorian era. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not as fancy as they used to be, but all kinds of things that are basically kind of like camping toasters.
2: Yeah, because that's basically what everyone was doing in the 19th century was camping indoors. Exactly. So they had those. They had toasting forks, and they had toasting forks for hundreds of years. There was not a lot of innovation on that, although they they tinkered with, you know, how many tines it had or just kind of trying to improve the toast fork. But the, that was how you made toast for a really long time. And then they came up with stoves, and somebody very quickly said, we can attach like a little thing mm-hmm. onto the front of the stove and direct some of that heat onto a little toast rack and make toast that way. That was a pretty big uh, innovation, I guess. But it wasn't until uh, electric power came along that toast really started to come into its own, if you ask me.
0: Uh, for sure. But I also want to shout out the toast rack because that is a thing I didn't know was a thing uh, until I saw it. And I was like, I love this. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Why don't they still have these? And they do. They do. I saw
2: somebody in, on, like, some toast form or whatever saying, like, do not eat toast without a toast rack. And if you don't have a toast rack, like, lean your toast up against, a, like, a glass or something like that. Like, that's how you store toast until you eat it, and you should be eating it pretty quickly after you make it.
0: Yeah, and to be clear, this is not a means of cooking, but if you're serving, like, a brunch or a breakfast at your house, uh, you you toast all the toast, and it's, it's sort of like a little miniature bike rack with a, a caddy handle I think uh, of it more like a a
2: little, remember those little 45 record stands? Sure.
0: Oh, yeah, that too. Kind of like that. (laughs) Yeah, but it keeps, you know, I think the ideal way to, like you said, to um, store toast until it goes in your mouth is Mm -hmm. not laying down on the plate where it can collect that uh, condensation and moisture because the heat. gets The heat, my God, the heat. (laughs) Like you pick up a piece of toast. If you see uh, water on your plate, you're doing it wrong. Right. And the toast rack gets
2: around that. So, yes, hats off to the toast rack. And yes, if you are a toast aficionado and you're not using a a toast rack, you've got a whole world that's about to open up to you, buddy.
0: That's right. But uh, we were talking about electricity and specifically the innovation that came along, which was uh, nichrome. Mm -hmm. And you think, what is nichrome? And I'll say, well, (laughs) it's a nickel and chromium composite invented by an engineer named Albert Marsh in 1905, and you say, well, what is that? It's just a heating coil. Right.
2: It, it's this this really neat alloy that has a high electrical resistance, which means that if you run an electrical current through it, it doesn't like that. And it um, it responds by getting really, really hot, putting out infrared radiation and turning bright red. And if you say, well, that sounds a lot like a toaster's heating element— that's why, because apparently Nichrome is still in use today. I saw yeah. quartzes as well, but I think in your average $15 toaster that your bank gives you for opening an account, I don't <laughs> know if they still do that or not, it's going to have Nichrome heating elements in it.
0: Yeah, and its I assume it's the same thing in like a space heater, right? Or is that different?
2: The most dangerous ones, yes.
0: <laughs> I, I, man, I don't like a space heater unless it glows, you know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Yeah, I love those.
2: I, I do, too. It's kind of nice. It's fire-like because it, it almost is
0: fire. <laughs> it's 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 almost fire. That's how they should market it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That actually would be good marketing. Uh, can we talk about the D12? Because I'm in love with this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a GE product. And they basically say this is the first mass-marketed commercial toaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're in a, a safe space, you're not driving your car or something, you can look this thing up. Uh, just look up on an image search GE D12 toaster invented mm-hmm. by Frank Shaler. And this thing is beautiful in its simplicity. I would love to be able to find one and have an electrician like rig it to work in uh, my modern kitchen because <laughs> it just looks super cool. Because I love those coils.
2: That thing would catch on fire so fast. <laughs> it would, I mean, you just plug it in and it just immediately catch fire, I think, for look, the first can, time. Can you describe the shape? It's it's like if you took the guts out of a a toaster, one side of the guts out of a toaster, and kept the cord and plugged it in, and did not have any kind of guard or anything around it, and you just laid the toast on it. Yeah, it's like losing the shell. That would be the D12. It looks to me kind of like um uh like it's the toaster version of a wicker wheelchair. I find it deeply uncomfortable. (laughs) I love your fear. Too old timey,
0: you know. Your long standing fear of wicker wheelchairs. Uh, I don't think it's ever
2: going away. I don't see my fear of wicker wheelchairs
0: ever. Oh, man. I'm going to, upon retirement, you're going to find one of those on your front porch with a big bow on it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I wouldn't come out of the house for so long. That's a great Casper Milk Toast comic strip. (laughs) Uh,
0: So the D12, the toast leans, like you said, it's at a bit of an angle. So it's like a little pup tent with heating Mm -hmm. coils. Uh, The problem with the D12 was that you had to obviously flip it over, and I don't say it's a problem. I think that's a fun, interactive way to make toast. Uh, but you'd have to flip it over to toast both sides. Um, and I think the the first pop-up toaster was the first one where they said, hey, why don't we see if we can toast both sides of this thing?
2: Yeah. A guy named Charles Streit from Minnesota invented the first pop-up toaster in 1919. It went on to be manufactured and, and marketed as the Toastmaster, I think that brand might still be around. That sounds familiar. Um, so the thing is, is Charles Strite like, invented this thing pretty much perfectly right out of the gate, where, again, if you go to a bank and you ask for the toaster that, that they give you when you open your account, they, they they probably are giving you a Charles Strite version of a toaster. He just created it correctly right out of the gate.
0: That's right. And the the plus here, again, is you don't have to flip it, and it had a very key component, uh, which was a timer, mm-hmm. so you don't have to sit there and watch it. And it would just pop it up, spring-loaded, and here's – well, we'll get to it in a second, but the startling revelation of this episode to me is I thought that's how all modern pop-up toasters worked today, was you mm-hmm. set a little – Brownness variation, Mm -hmm. which was just essentially a timer, and put a pin in that because that's not how modern toasters work. And I was blown away to learn that. Well, I say we talk
2: about that right now because I'm raring at the bit. All right. Um, At the rare bit. Yeah, right. Um, So I, I guess somebody came along and said, How can we make this harder or more complex? And they did. They took the timer element out of it. And instead, they now have the, um, the, the, a current that's created. A, a, I guess a circuit mm-hmm. is closed, right, which means that the electricity can flow through it, which heats up the heating element. That happens when you press down the, the lever, the handle, to mm-hmm. sink the toast into the toaster. But it also triggers something that connects an electromagnet that holds that basket that the toaster in down, But eventually, enough electricity flows through that a capacitor that I guess is set to some certain voltage reaches its limit, turns off the energy to the electromagnet, which now releases the basket, which pops the toaster up. So the handle comes up with it, which means that the circuit is now open. There's no longer electricity that can flow
0: through it. And the other way, and this is the one that really blew me away, because to me, nothing is more simple than just a timer. (laughs) Right. Uh, but it can be controlled by a, a switch that is made of two metals. It's bimetallic, and mm-hmm. these two metals expand at different rates. So w- one of them is getting hot at a rate that the other one is get, not getting hot at. Mm-hmm. And once they reach a whatever certain point, they will push apart and break that circuit. So <laughs> I always just figured it was a timer, and it's one of these <laughs> two things which, like you said, just seems infinitely more complicated, mm-hmm. but uh, there's got to be a reason, right? I I guess it's
2: probably because it's cheaper to make and than a timer. That's, that's what I would guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because think about it. The timer has a, you got, you have to have a clock. You got to have some spring. You got to have a string. clock. <laughs> you have to have a mouse attached to the string that sets off that ball that goes and, yeah, yeah, that's hits the, the little <laughs> pole with the boot attached that knocks over the water that ends the timer. I forgot about all that stuff. Yeah, that's totally expensive. Right.
0: Uh, I also do want to shout out my favorite toaster, which I, um, I guess people might have these in their homes. There's probably a home version, but the one you get at the Hampton Inn Lobby Breakfast <laughs> or in the Delta Sky Club, the beautiful conveyor belt toaster. The Quiznos toaster. Oh, I love – I've never been to Quiznos, but I love those conveyor toasters. Oh, you're missing
2: out. Quiznos is one of the best. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, because they toast everything. They don't ask you if you want your sub toasted. They do it. And it goes on this cool little conveyor belt toaster, and it comes out delicious every time. Man, they need to—why aren't they sponsoring us? I don't know. They've they've really greatly diminished in size. I thought maybe they'd gone out of business, but they, they just closed a lot of their stores. But they're still around apparently,
0: but I guess that's probably why. Well, I mean, we're giving them free advertising. I, I called out Jared from Subway years before his great shame. <laughs> like we're doing everything for Quiznos we can do. That's it's true, man. For zero dollars. Right. Uh, anyway, yeah. I love the conveyor toaster. It's, I think they're awesome. Uh, I, I wish I had one in my house. Maybe I'll do that one day.
2: Yeah, just go to stay at a Hampton Inn and walk out with their toaster. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, and those little waffle irons.
2: Yes, they need to triple the number of waffle irons that yeah. they have, in my experience. That yeah, and, line. Don't let,
0: and don't let children uh, operate them because they screw no. everything up.
2: Um, did you see the Balmuda toaster or Balmuda toaster I sent you?
0: Yeah, that is very appealing, but, boy, is it expensive.
2: It is. It's $300, but it does other things rather than just toast. So if you hear somebody say, it's a $300 toaster, just be like, actually, it does a lot more than just toast. But it's the a thing toaster about oven. It, it is, right. First of all, yeah. So, I mean, $300 toaster oven is, I mean, that's an expensive no, toaster oven, but it's not astronomical compared to other toaster ovens, I think. Yeah. Compared it, to, like, the $15 bank toaster,
0: yes. Sure. No, no, no. I get what you mean. It, it, was, it wasn't 1000 bucks, but right. it's, it's a luxury item. I think the trick here is, or at least they say, what I want to do is try one out because mm-hmm. you, you pour a little bit of water in it, right, and that's supposedly the steam helps the toast taste better?
2: Yeah, they they You toast your bread with steam, which apparently heats up faster than air, which makes sense because steam can burn your face off faster than air can. Um, and that's what they do to the toast. They burn the face off of the, the bread using hot steam, and it crisps the outside, turns it pretty brown if you want it to be. And then the inside stays, like, chewy and soft. It's whoa, kind of whoa, like whoa. searing the juices inside a steak. Hold on a second. It is only steam?
0: Yeah, it's hot, hot steam air. That's what I, that's my understanding of it. I thought it was a coil and with some steam addition. So it's the
2: same thing. If you you're not actually cooking the bread on your heating element in a toaster, the <laughs> air is is cooking the toast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just a variation on that. They're using steam rather than just air. So they're using water and air
0: heated up rather than just heated air. Okay, I didn't know it was only steam. That is that is pretty wild. Yeah. Weird, wild stuff. And that company, I'd never heard of that company. Uh, I hadn't either. And I looked into it a little bit. It's a Japanese company that um, I, I think they have like four things. They make a tea kettle, a toaster, mm-hmm. a Bluetooth speaker, and mm-hmm. what else? Oh, a lantern. Right. For, and, for yeah. very uh, disparate things. Even
2: weirder, they the parent company of Quiznos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they should be doing pretty well then with those $300, $400 products. That's right. Should we take a break? Oh boy! Yeah, sure. All right, uh, or should we wait? Uh,
2: I don't know, man. It's 2023; all bets are off.
0: <laughs> How about this? Let's uh, let's tell this awesome tangent story that Livia dug up, which I think is mm-hmm. kind of one of the coolest parts of this episode, and then we'll take a break. Okay, fair enough. All right, hit hit me with it. Who is Alan Mcmasters? Uh, the
2: inventor of the toaster, dummy. He invented
0: <laughs> it back in 1893. Don't you know? Uh, yeah, he was from Edinburgh. And he was an uh, electrical engineer, and he worked for the British electric company Crompton & Co. And uh, came up with the first toaster in 1893. Mm -hmm. And we know because it was on Wikipedia, and there was even a picture, of this old-timey picture of this guy.
2: Yeah, so it had to be true. But it turned out it wasn't true at all. And there was a 15-year-old British boy who said, that picture does not look like it's from the 19th century. And if you look at the picture, it doesn't look like it's from the 19th century at all. I mean, no. just running a slight sepia filter on it does not a 19th century <laughs> picture make, right? Uh uh-huh. But it was enough to fool everybody for a very long time. So in 2012, there was a college student. I did not see where he went, but his name was Alex. And he had a friend whose name was Alan McMasters. And just as a joke, Alex edited the Wikipedia entry, I believe for toast or Toasters, to <laughs> say that, that Alan McMasters was the inventor of the toaster. That's a good joke. It is a good joke. But yeah. then it got picked up by the press, starting with the Daily Mirror.
0: Yeah, and not the hoax picked up, but just the story. And it, there are articles in Livius a Link, there's one from 2012, that is still not corrected online. Uh, I think it was from the Daily Mirror, right? Yeah, the Mirror said they, they did a list of things
2: that were inven- invented in um, Great Britain. Right, right. And they <laughs> they chalked it up to Alan McMaster's. Uh, oh, man. But he didn't, he didn't exist at all. Like, there wasn't Alec, Alan McMaster's, but again, he was a college student in the 2010s. He wasn't an 1890s Scottish inventor. And yet, once that Daily Mirror um, article went up... It kicked off other citations. And then the beauty part of all of it, Chuck, is that those citations uh, or those articles that sprung from the fake Wikipedia entry Mm -hmm. um, became citations in the Wikipedia (laughs) entry. So it it was a self-sustaining support system for itself.
0: It was amazing. that There was a BBC show called Great British Menu that – uh, created from scratch a dessert named after McMaster's. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, apparently a school in Scotland that had a <laughs> Alan McMaster's Day in his honor. And it, it really it, – and it's a harmless prank. That's why I think it's so great. Like I'm normally not a big fan of pranks, but I don't think this really hurt anybody that I can uh, think about. Yeah. Can you imagine it hurting someone or am I being – I, I don't know. Well, I wonder if they ever told the, the school kids
2: that there there was no Alan McMaster's after they celebrated Alan McMaster's Day.
0: OK, so maybe a small lie to schoolchildren. But otherwise, <laughs> I think it's hysterical because it really I mean, I'm sure these guys were like, I can't believe this works so well. Uh, but they were eventually found out and uh, McMaster's was revealed. But I, th- I think that's one of the great pranks.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. And you misunderstand me. I think the fact that these school kids were lied to accidentally makes it even oh.
0: funnier. <laughs> Not like that's a problem. Okay. And this is also why we've never used uh, Wikipedia as a source, which we really haven't. It's um, I kind of had to just tune out people that in our reviews over the years say, these two numbskulls just read Wikipedia pages. <laughs> when we've literally never and it's a point of pride and we tell when we started getting freelance writers, we were like, Can't use Wikipedia as a source. Yeah. And and now I can say and this is a great reason why. Excellently put, Chuck. <laughs> All right. Break time? It is finally break time, everybody.
1: Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
2: Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech for a limited time only. Save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows
0: 11. That's right. You can unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, the most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories.
2: And when you shop online at dell.com/deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything.
0: That's right, anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com/deals. That's del slash deals
5: Places.
0: All right, so now we get to talk a little bit about the Malyard. I always said Malyard, but is it Mallard? Uh, uh, because the I is not after the L like I thought it was. So his name was Louis Camille mallard Okay, I, I'm. I don't think it matters at this point. That's the reaction, if you've ever heard fancy chef types or people at a dinner party trying to impress someone else, Mm -hmm. talk about the maillard reaction. uh, That is this, you know, there's a chemical reaction that takes place when you heat foods. And this specific one is, like, when you make toast or toast a tortilla or make popcorn or, or, uh, like, sear a steak. I think that's the same thing, too, right? Yeah, the uh, chicken skin browning. Yeah, that's this reaction named after this French chemist. And uh, that's kind of the magic of where this taste comes from. It's how these chemicals are reacting to one another.
2: Yeah, specifically amino acids and sugars that form all sorts of new smells and new tastes. Um, One of the new compounds that they create is acetyl tetrahydropyridine, Nice um, which is the th- the the smell, the taste, the aroma that gives toast its smell. It gives popcorn its smell, corn tortillas, baking its smell. Um, it's just one of many compounds that are made by the Maillard reaction. Uh, but in the case of toast, that's where it comes from. And um, apparently, depending on the kind of bread you mm-hmm. use, you'll get different kinds or, or different color toast, like or darker toast or lighter toast. And the more alkaline a toast is, um, the browner it will get, which is why it's very difficult to toast sourdough to a deep brown color mm-hmm. because it's actually very acidic as far as braids go.
0: Yeah. And if you've heard in the news over recent years that um, like toast can be bad for you or, or anything sort of seared might be bad for you, it's because the jury is... Kind of out whether or not well, I think the the American Cancer Society said that there's definitely potentially carcinogenic <laughs> compounds definitely that, maybe definitely maybe that can be created uh through this toasting and searing, uh, and that's like grilled meats. We talked about that before, um but they don't know if like if you're eating enough of that stuff to really be dangerous to you, yeah,
2: yeah, they just basically said like just just be careful. Don't eat don't eat dark toast. No one likes burned toast anyway. So don't be a jerk and, and say you like it.
0: Yeah, you got to keep your eye on it because uh, caramelization can happen, which is great if you're an onion, uh, and maybe a mm-hmm. tiny bit if you're some toast. But you don't want to you don't want to make that toast black, that bitter black, and no amount of knife scraping, mom, will make that taste any better.
2: Totally agree with you, ma'am. You want to talk about toasts around the world?
0: Yeah, this is. All this does is make me hungry. These all sound so good.
2: So there's one called Kaya Toast from Singapore and Malaysia. Mm -hmm. So you charcoal grill the toast. You would love that, right? Oh, yeah. And then you um, make a sandwich out of the toast with butter and a jam that's made from coconut and eggs called Kaya. Delicious. the name Kaya Toast. I would try
0: that any day of the week. All right. What about our friends from Italy? Of course, they're going to serve you something with garlic. Uh, and olive oil, and that's exactly what they do. It's called uh, fatunta. We and call that garlic toast in the Midwest. Yeah, garlic, maybe a little salt, a little olive oil, bing, bang, boom, done. I've got one I
2: want to try as soon as possible. It's from Sweden, where I'd like to go, by the way. I have like a real hankering to go visit Sweden sometime. Me too. They have a toast called Tostkagen. And you, um, it's basically a shrimp toast. Mm-hmm. You mix together creme fraiche, butter, shrimp. You put a little dill on it, some capers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you put it all on a toast, maybe with a slight, a little bit of lemon juice or, or a lemon slice on it as a garnish. And then you eat it and say, man, I feel like I'm
0: in, in Stockholm. <laughs> uh, our friends down under, <laughs> what's going on down there? I love you. We get so much support from Australia, but, and uh, you've got your Vegemite, of course, which is divisive, of course, but Mm -hmm. we're not here to talk about Vegemite. We're here to talk about making toast, buttering it, and then covering it with, like, ice cream sprinkles.
2: Yeah. Also called, um, yeah, sprinkles, non-perils. That's what we call them here, down there, and I think in in the U.K., they call them hundreds and thousands. But there's those multicolored, tiny, little, round sprinkles.
0: I know we're going to get emails saying, like, just try it, mate. Trust me.
2: Yeah, they call it fairy bread, which if you put that together with a good, you know, Instagram photo of, of that stuff, it, it it's like, wow, I would try that sometime.
0: Uh, which other one should we highlight here?
2: I think um, the pan con tomate because right. I, I would like to try that one too.
0: All right. That's Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. And what do you do? How do you make it?
2: Well, you just grill some bread again, a mm-hmm. little olive oil, so you think, well, I'm making fatuna. We already talked about that. Wrong. Because you add some grated, on a box grater, a big old beefsteak tomato, so that you just have the innards of the tomato and not the skin. Oh. And you mix that with some stuff, like some basil or some other mm-hmm. spices, mm-hmm. and you... Um, Put it on some toast and eat it almost immediately. Maybe put a single anchovy on there. Maybe mm. put a little uh, aioli dab mm, on there mm. too. I saw. Uh, what's your buddy's name? Kenji Alt Lopez.
0: Kenji Lopez Alt. Sure.
2: Yes, uh, they put a. Uh, uh, they had a pretty good um, little entry and and recipe for pan con tomate that I would like to try too.
0: That sounds really good. Uh, it it almost started out sounding like. Uh, What's the nice Italian appetizer with just the tomatoes and olive oil on the toast points? Bruschetta. Yeah, bruschetta. I love a good bruschetta. I used to make that all the time. I don't make it much anymore.
2: Yeah, it's it's good. The simpler, the better with that I've found.
0: Yeah. uh, I do want to shout out Toad in a Hole, or Toad in the Hole, uh, which I've I've only had a few times, but whenever I see it on a menu, I'll order that. And that's when Mm -hmm. I think there are like casserole variations, but the kind I've seen is just toast with the center cut out. And then you uh fry an egg in the middle of it.
2: And then you top it with a live toad. Right. <laughs> That's uh, cool. I would yeah. try that too. Yeah, toad I the mean good. it's just I love toast with fried eggs, so I, I don't know about losing any of the toast by cutting a hole out of it. What do you do with the whole toast?
0: I don't know. Make a big Mac? Sure.
2: Uh there's one other thing we gotta talk about, Chuck. Well, maybe two. Yeah, two. But if you'll remember back not too long ago. Less than a decade ago, there was a pretty big toast craze going on yeah. in the United States. It was hipsterific. It's where we got avocado toast. So yeah. I'm I'm very glad that it happened. I love avocado toast, but that's where it all came from. There was a toast movement for a little while, and it just f- was a huge flash in the pan. It came and went faster than you can say lickety-split, but it's it was still kind of interesting because, again, it gave us some, some good toast. It introduced people to toast, but at the same time, people were like, well, this is millennials' problem. This is why you can't buy a house because you're spending five <laughs> bucks on a piece of toast.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I've seen, uh, you know, I watch a lot of Top Chef, and There was a couple of seasons there where there was a lot of, like, little toasts added. But to me, it's just sort of, like, beautiful, simplistic cooking, like Mm -hmm. toast with some, you know, some nut butter and banana or, you know, any little, like, nice thing you can throw on top is a nice – I think it just is one of those things that got, like, Instagram too much, probably cost a little too much. Sure. And there was a bit of a revolution against it, but at its core, I I love the idea – of taking toasts and putting delicious things on them.
2: Yeah. Um, just to kind of button that up, that artisanal toast fad uh, was traced back by Pacific Standard to uh, a woman named uh, Giulietta Carelli. Okay. Who owns Trouble Coffee and Coconut Club. And they said this is this is ground zero for where people started getting the idea to make toast. She, where was she that? I think she just offered in San Francisco. Yeah, oh, okay, of course. And she just offered, uh, like, a really good cinnamon toast that mm-hmm. would knock your socks off. And then other people were like, yeah, toast, that's a great idea. And it just kind of spread from there.
0: Yeah, that's kind of a become a thing in more recent years, which I like uh, in in the chef world, which is, like, back to simplicity – Mm -hmm. Uh, and just, like, a few simple ingredients, and you don't have to, you know, because for a while there, like, molecular gastronomy was the thing, and making these foams and, you know, beads that popped and smoke would come out, and uh, there's there's room for all of it. I I love cooking, and I love cheap dining, and I love fine dining. I love it all, so I think there's a place for all of it, and just, I don't know. I, I, I hate when something delicious happens and people are like, hipsters like it, so I hate it. Right, yeah,
2: you shouldn't do that I mean, just make your own mind up Don't identify with something (laughs) Or against something Because someone else you don't like, likes it And why don't you like those people in the first place Have you really (laughs) stopped and invested Any time or thought into yourself Maybe you don't like what you see in them That reminds you of yourself Maybe
0: that's what you don't like About people like hipsters From the mouth of Casper Milktoast himself (laughs) That's right (laughs) Uh, all right, we're going to finish up a little bit with—Livia uh, just knocked this one out of the park—with a fun little thing that I wouldn't have even thought to research, probably, is the word toast as a—it's uh, like a lot of things, but like as a verb, mm-hmm. like—or uh, making a toast. That started, apparently, um, because they would drop spice, toasted bread into a drink to help flavor it up a little bit, and mm-hmm. then pull it out, let the dog eat it, maybe— and then that was a toast.
2: Yeah, and that that just became um, the the word that was used any time you held up a glass and said something nice about somebody else. I love that. Makes sense. Sure. I like that there's an actual origin story to it, right? And then apparently from that, all sorts of other usages of toast kind of spread, like the toast of the town, something that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That dates back to the 18th century. Apparently, um, toast was used in the early 70s to mean, like, awesome today.
0: That's toast, okay? Yeah. Uh, She put in here in 84, there was a phrase, something was bad as toast. I've never heard that before in my life. I've never heard that before in my life either.
2: But speaking of 1984, the way that you and I use toast all the time, like, they're toast. They're done for. Yeah. They're finished. That actually traces back to Bill Murray and Ghostbusters. Can this be true? George Will said it in 1988, and George Will knew what he was talking about. He was a language columnist. Sure. And in 1988, he traced it back to Bill Murray. Uh, Instead of saying, um, I'm going to turn this guy into toast, which the script called for, uh, Bill Murray said, this chick is toast instead. And it just kind of took off from there.
0: If that's true, I love that. Because what a great sort of tie-in to a movie that we used to talk about a lot.
2: Yeah, remember we, we used to uh, mark time by yeah. how many years before after Ghostbusters it was.
0: Yeah, and I think I mentioned on the show that uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that brand new version, even though it got widely panned. Yeah. Thought it was and fun. speaking
2: of pan, that's another name for bread or toast.
0: Look at that. Yeah. What, what was I nervous about? I don't know. Like I said, this one went pretty so-so. <laughs> okay, I'll take it.
2: Okay, yeah, same here, especially for the first one back. Uh, since Chuck said I'll take it, that means,
0: of course, everybody, it's time for Listener Mail. That's right. I guess the first thing we should mention is a quick correction uh, in the Edmund Fitzgerald episode. Oh boy. We got the location, well, a couple of things on that. We got the location of Zug Island incorrect, isn't that right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we said it
0: was in Lake Michigan.
2: Wrong! It's in the Detroit River, which flows into
0: Lake Erie. It was never in Lake Michigan. Uh, And boy, I made a lot of Canadians angry because I did not like that song. (laughs) And Gordon Lightfoot is apparently the pride of Canada. Mm -hmm. I did not mean to knock anyone. I do not like that song. But I got to say this, though. Um, I got accused of yum-yucking. And I think that phrase has been taken a bit too far. To <laughs> now that's been used against you. Well, no. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sure. Let's all
2: stop using that.
0: No, I, I, it, the way it was written in was basically people were saying like you're not allowed to express an opinion about something anymore, right? Because that's yum yucking, and that's not true. You can have opinion. You can say I don't like this thing. I think yum yucking is when you're like, I don't know, it, it's a step further, which is like, how can you like this awful thing or something?
2: Well, I think some Canadians feel like you you hit that line or
0: crossed it. You think? Yeah, and I, I can kind of see, how see people it. people would I, like it if they, if you like that song. Fine. If you like that garbage song, that's your business. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All is right with the universe again. Oh boy. All right. So on to the mail. This is a very sweet one uh, from Anna and Carter in the great city of Cleveland. Okay. Hey guys, been listening uh, for many years. I'm an army sergeant, and about every two years ago, we were. Uh, in a month-long field exercise. One week every night, helicopters practice night landings in the same field we were sleeping in. Um, after a few nights, constantly being up to what felt like a mechanical tornado, I decided I'd be up anyway, so I might as well put the podcast in my earbuds, and I fell straight to sleep and slept all night. Am i Am doing it ever since? Uh, flash forward to present day. My son and I have made the podcast part of our nightly routine. Uh, we played on the phone under a shared pillow to snuggle Mm -hmm. and cover mostly bugs and animals. It makes for great discussions with a four-year-old. Last night he wanted Godzillas, or butterflies, uh, and Tracy and Holly have covered Godzilla, so my son requested you guys with butterflies. Nice. Uh, So my son Carter and myself say thank you for the info, work, peaceful sleep, for an exhausted mom and soldier. Have a good night. And that is Anna and Carter in Cleveland, Ohio.
2: Thanks a lot, Anna and Carter. That's a great email. And uh, Anna made reference to Holly and Tracy. She was saying that Stuff You Missed in History Class apparently did an episode on Godzilla,
0: which I didn't know, which I, I want to go know. listen
2: to immediately. Yeah.
0: Our colleagues that we don't get to see anymore, but uh, we go way back and they're the best. We presume they still exist. Uh, I got an email from Holly and that they're alive and well. Okay, it's confirmed. So thank
2: you uh, from us and from Tracy and Holly to Anna and Carter. And if you want to be like Anna and Carter, you can send us an email to stuffpodcasts at iheartradio.com.
1: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
3: You
2: know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why, with your Discover card, you'll have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply.
5: Discover a career that matters at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Be part of an innovative team delivering world-class health care and benefits to America's veterans. Enjoy robust benefits, work-life balance, and career development opportunities. Join a diverse and inclusive community that values your unique background and skills, a community where nearly one in three of your colleagues are veterans themselves. Apply now at vacareers.va.gov.